welcome to the first episode of Interviews with Influential Women. My name is Sara, and this is a podcast I've created for my senior project to talk with and learn more about various women who have either impacted me, have had some kind of an impact on their communities, or both. Today, we are joined by Lana Nawa, my former boss and one of the founders of Impact Everything, a store located in Providence, Rhode Island, where every purchase you make has an impact on a cause. The store was opened in 2017, and since then, the brand and movement has grown immensely, having amassed over 5,000 followers on Instagram and with a measured amount of impact of over 23,000. I interned with Lana at Impact Everything the summers before my junior and senior year, and she's had such an impact on where I am today. The work that I did with her on their social media only strengthened my desire to pursue business and marketing as I move forward in college, and I'm so excited for you guys to learn more about Lana and her amazing story, and the impact her work has had on so many communities, not only locally, but globally. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. Also, just a disclaimer, I lost a part of the beginning audio, so some introductions are missed, and we get into questions pretty fast. I hope you enjoy. Good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, okay, so I guess we can get right into it. Okay. Um, so to start off, um, for those who may not know, what is the mission of Impact Everything and what led you guys to starting this business? So the mission of Impact Everything is to empower others to save our planet and our people through conscious consumption and we have an impact model, but we start from the beginning. So the way that the business started was way a little bit more back in 2015, there was a massive earthquake in Nepal that took like 9,000 lives and injured 22,000 people. And at that time, Saroja had just graduated from the University of Connecticut and we wanted to help out, but we weren't sure how, like sure how. So we did a bunch of fundraisers with our friends from lemonade stands to 5k to car washes and we raised over ten thousand dollars in three months which was insane Uh, like our college was awesome and then we wanted to see that all of the relief funds and all of the efforts that everyone had put in had a hundred percent good in where they went Mm -hmm. so because we had a passion for traveling Saroj and I flew over to Nepal Saroj had studied civil engineering so it really helped out to help with the reconstruction part of the country and the aftermath and we ended up building a school after four months in Ramche. Mm-hmm. It was a really crazy experience um, and we wanted to continue to give back and I had come back home to work as a chemist because that's what I had studied but my heart remained in all of that and I wanted to create something where we could continuously give back like that, bring others along on the journey and also financially sustain the school. So I came across something called social enterprise during a lot of my soul searching more locally here and across the US and mostly the West Coast like California, which is the idea that a business can be a social enterprise, which is a hybrid of a nonprofit and a for-profit. So it's using traditional business strategy to actually sustain like an, an environmental or social mission. So we started off, we went back to Nepal in 2017 and brought our first product back, which was this hemp backpack right there, I'm actually. I'm pictures of that. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. All summer. <laughs> and so the idea was that every sale would fund eight hours of education, just to test the concept. 
we just started with small pop-up shops and it went really well and then fast forward like about two years later as we continued it to do that pop-up shop we met a lot of other amazing social entrepreneurs who weren't building schools but they were helping rescue animals protecting the environment or eradicating human trafficking and so we expanded to a movement of 12 different causes, benefiting a total of 55 different countries. And we opened our first storefront, which I'm in today, in December 2017. Yeah, and um, our model of giving is in our name. So impact, I stands for individual responsibilities. So that's the idea of teaching people how to give back through action. So we have events, as you know, it's a little closed down right now because of COVID, but we had events every single weekend that we were here. We in total had about 70 events since opening. M, P, A, and C are the ways that all the products give back. So through responsible materials, P stands for people helping marginalized groups like survivors of sex trafficking, the homeless. A stands for acts of kindness. So purchasing something results in a measurable act like eight hours of education. C through charitable proceeds and T for travel where we take people abroad here to continue those schools. I can't believe it's already been like three years since you guys opened. Almost, yeah. yeah that's amazing. Okay, well, um, I guess the next question I would have is what does a typical day look like for you at Impact Everything? And how has it been over the past couple of months? Obviously, it's been crazy with the pandemic. How is that? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Like a traditional typical day pre-COVID would have been we open really set hours, like eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the earlier mornings before opening and after closing, we always have all of our international meetings because of the time zone difference. So staying involved with our international um, partners in Nepal and Uganda, for example, then we would work eight hours throughout the day and then close, take meetings and then plan for the next day. And we had a team of a little over 10 people pre-COVID, which involved like volunteers, interns, and also full-time employees. So people would usually come in here um, and we would do events together or they would work here. Um, So now that COVID has happened, everything has shifted to remote work, um, which is a little sad. We miss everyone, but we're trying to stay connected as best as we can through the computer or through our phones. Um, So yeah, typical day now looks like we still come in at the same hours and take our meetings morning and nights internationally. And we're still here the whole day doing local delivery, curbside pickups for anyone who wants to get it locally, and then also worldwide shipping. Um, Yeah, that's what it looks like now. That's really cool. Sorry, you're like breaking up a little bit. Oh yeah, you froze. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, perfect. That sounds, that's great. So I guess getting into some of the obstacles you guys have faced, um, what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges with this startup and whether it be about like your location in Rhode Island, um, finding your target market, um, challenges that you've overcome or are still overcoming? Yeah. Um, in general, I think it like, I don't even know where to start because starting a business without a business background has been like a failure on a daily basis, but it's also that's how you like learn. It's like trial and error until you kind of get it. Um, thankfully, that's been backed up by a very supportive community who has been very kind, giving us good feedback. And it's basically designed our entire business as it is today. Um, number one in the beginning, I think the biggest part about bringing in this business was 
educating consumers about what their products are doing. So we're, we have brands that a lot of these brands have been online or up and coming in social. So social, social enterprise is like only a decade old. So yeah, it's very new. I don't, I think you guys have, you're probably, you were the first ones to bring this type of a store to Providence, right? Like Providence. Yeah. So we are, yes, we, we have, um, had the reputation of being the first social enterprise storefront. Um, and the reason we took that risk is because like we wanted to give people more access. You know, if you have a yeah. street and it's like you can pick between yeah. like ethical and non-ethical, you have to make it easier for people if you want them to purchase ethical goods. So even though uh, Thayer Street rent is extremely high, the location we're at, um, it's a lot of opportunity because we have a lot of college students and a lot of neighbors. So the challenge really was just bringing in brands that no one's ever seen or touched in person and then educating people to not only trust these new things but also how their giving takes place so developing a very transparent model right if you've been in our store you can see there's like little corny signs everywhere that explain every single thing um on every single receipt now digital also but also in paper it would track your impact per product uh, we also try to just do that through social media marketing. That was a huge challenge, which you've also helped with, thankfully. When we first started, yeah. we opened our Instagram when we opened our business, having like 100 followers. Now we have like over 5,000, but that was a whole struggle. So the challenge of basically just forming transparency and educating people was the biggest one, I would say. Wow. Yeah. To talk a little bit about social media, um how you guys have grown so much oh my gosh i remember interning with you guys and we were at like two thousand or something yeah. <laughs> and then it's already gone into like over five thousand so that's amazing congrats on that by the way um and yeah how has social media also been a challenge and helped you you were um talking about that for a second but um how has it also helped you? Because I know that social media can be such a great thing in that it helps you find so many people and connect with a lot of people and find, like, grow your audience and um, consumer base. So, yeah, how has it helped you? Social media is such a powerful tool. Um, it definitely, it, it's a search engine in a way too. So, like, you can yeah. search people who are very similar and interest to you. Um, it's definitely a, a powerful tool to keep connected across borders from across the world. You know, we've mm -hmm. traveled with people and they've formed friendships that they've maintained in like Nepal just through social media alone. So it helps with connectivity for yeah. sure. Um, it also is an educational tool. We can like highlight yeah. the products we do in a very aesthetic way, but then in the captions, use it to educate people and link it back to our website and teach them more. So it's both educational and very aesthetically pleasing. It's like, I, I love it. Um, we mainly use Instagram and Facebook. Um, now we've expanded into like LinkedIn, maybe starting a YouTube channel on the low. So yeah, it's been, it's been a cool experience. And it's, it's really wonderful, like as a startup company to have a free marketing tool, you know, like we didn't really know what we we're doing. And it's, it's a lot of trial and error and it takes time, but if, if it's free to begin with, then it gives you a lot of things and room to play with. So it's just been an awesome tool. That's so true. Mm -hmm. um, okay, great. And so I think the next thing I wanted to ask you about is 
What do you feel are the key elements um, for starting and running a successful business such as yours? And what has set Impact Everything apart from other businesses like it? I know you touched on it, but um, yeah, what has really set Impact Everything apart from any other like um, Denali opened, which was a store on Thayer Street. Um, <laughs> and it had kind of a similar niche to Impact Everything, but I think they weren't as successful as you guys they ended up closing down so i think what has made you guys um so unique yeah makes us unique and i feel like what also just makes us really lucky is the community um it's i feel like like we were talking about this in our team meeting today like it's so like like what do we do to remain afloat but not in terms of you know selling products because we definitely sell products and that's there like our customers still support us through the sales but what really hurts and what we really miss the most yeah. is like the community like we what? serve secondary also as a community center because yeah. i feel like retail has taken a shift from just being product based mm -hmm. into being like an experience because now we can get any products we want online right yeah. but when someone walks into our store like they would meet another person who's trying to go zero waste or come to an event and meet someone from a different background and you know learn about black history like it connects people through causes and that feeling has been gone without covid so i think like that though is what has made us unique and i really strongly believe that because we've grown so much as a company in how we do everything based on the family we have here based on customer feedback based on trust based on them coming with us on the journey of giving all across the world like there's nothing that you can do or buy for that type of relationship yeah. so i think that i really believe like that's the reason that we've been going strong with all our events and all of our connections and it the move it's really like a movement it continues to grow not through the product but through the people who believe in the products to build a better world so that's that's what i, I like to think and believe and that's the thing i'm missing the most for sure um and then key elements to starting a business that i i really think would help with the success i know it's corny but seriously like pick something you're passionate about um like extremely passionate about like to the point where you can't go to sleep because you're obsessively thinking about it and working about it and i say that because like any you know startup entrepreneur knows like the workload is insane like the first year we were open i was literally working almost 120 hours per week which is absurd i used to to have a 40 hour a week job and it didn't really feel like that some days it did it would catch up on you and you'd have your failures and your really dark days but if you have something you're passionate about you end up coming out of that hole and continuing to innovate so really pick something that you're obsessed about um and if you don't have a background like me but you're obsessed about it you will figure it out because you'll want to figure it out and be creative about it so that's my number one advice Wow, that's, I, yeah, that's really smart. I mean, I cannot imagine going into this with something you weren't passionate about. Like, you would have gotten so sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, all the challenges, like, you were so passionate about it, and it just shows. Um, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, it has to be fun along the way in the big picture. Yeah, yeah exactly. And speaking of which, um, something that you're passionate about are there any projects that you guys are working on that you're excited about for the future i know that the 
website was a big project and congratulations for rolling that out. It looks incredible. It looks so good. Um, but are there any other projects that you guys are working on that you're excited about? Yeah, um, so this whole experience started with us building a school in Nepal. Um, so the biggest thing for us right now, is we're on to building school number two in Kurindi, Uganda. Um, that is just like, to us, it's almost like reliving our purpose. So I'm really excited about that. It did get postponed. We were supposed to be constructing it right now. Um, but there was a travel ban because of COVID. But we're anticipating hopefully for winter. We're not sure yet, but designed it, the community is on board, and we're still currently in connections with the whole team who's working on it so that's still ongoing um so constructing that and then going back to the school that we had built in nepal we're creating a women's center which i'm super excited about because that also ties in with our products so the girls who were in the village had grown up and they they want to acquire skills outside from school so we thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to teach them how to sew goods that we can bring directly back to our store like zero waste goods or clothing and then they can have something to do and grow from and then provide income for their own education for higher education so yeah those are the two biggest projects that we are working on aside from the website and we're super excited about and just can't wait to travel there and hopefully things kind of go back to normal so we can do so quicker yeah crossing (laughs) crossing my fingers so yeah so you mentioned that you guys have been building schools um could you talk a little bit about impact travel the nonprofit that you guys have started and how it's been um, running that alongside um, your main business, Impact Everything. Yeah, sure. Um, Impact Travel is a lot of fun. That's basically, like the name implies, it's all the travel aspect of the business, which again is like the sole reason that inspired us to do anything. So we love it. Once a year, we take 10 to 15 customers abroad with us to give back directly and travel themselves. So we've taken a few trips, three trips to Nepal. Um, and this year we have one trip to Nepal and one trip to Uganda. Uh, the Uganda, mainly people will be constructing this school. And then Nepal, there's a few projects, including building the women's center and also an art project and a school project. So yeah, that's the most fun. It also gives us a lot of opportunity locally because it's some of our bigger events. So our bigger fundraisers, such as 5K or our benefit gala is a really good excuse to get like all of our customers together like once a year just the way that we can all connect on a yearly basis that's how impact travel has been so far i love it okay great and okay so now i think i wanted to ask you a couple of questions um specifically about what it's been like being a female entrepreneur um so to start off who are some women in your life who have been mentors to you and have encouraged or inspired you in your like personal or even professional endeavors sure um there's people i definitely look up to that i like don't know um like i love malala have you ever heard of her like yes of course. You know, she's like younger than me I think she's a powerful woman like she's just she's amazing amazing. Yeah. amazing amazing um And like locally, um, Professor Sandra Enos, who's a retired professor from Bryant University, Mm -hmm. is like my role model and has really, uh, she's like so amazing. She started a little company, also a social enterprise called Giving Beyond the Box. And she has 
just been there from very early stages, from little pep talks to giving business ideas, just spreading the word. So I absolutely love her. She like holds down the fort. Um, and also Kelly Ramirez, who I believe is just like a pioneer in Rhode Island. Kelly Ramirez is a CEO of um, Social Enterprise Greenhouse which is like a hub that is spreading and growing startup social entrepreneurs specifically. And she's really like set the foundations um, throughout Rhode Island to build social enterprise and kind of claim Rhode Island as the social entrepreneur state. So she's an amazing force to reckon with. Wow. And what specific advice would you have for young women who would like to become an entrepreneur such as yourself? Hmm um besides the stay passionate mm -hmm. i want to say um really just spread your wings and like jump off the cliff i think that i was reading this book on this other woman entrepreneur and i find that this is a very common theme that sometimes growing up being a woman you're not always told to take as much risk um you're not always told to fail as hard. We kind of have this perception in society that we have to work towards perfectionism a little more than males, I would say. So like going into the business, even in my beginning stages, it was so difficult when we faced our really large failures. I would realize like in our team alone, like my male counterparts were, they got over it way quicker than I did. And I, I like was really reflecting on that. And I was like, oh my God, it's all about self-love. Yeah. and about recognizing that that's the only way you grow and i wasn't entirely encouraged to do that my entire life um you know it's it's just like the way society is sometimes yeah. so if you have an idea and you're a young girl i would encourage you to just start really small um thing that you launch has to be perfect especially in the beginning i was always under this like i need to be perfect and then until the product is perfect no one is seeing it until the website is perfect no one is oh. seeing it but that's not even real life. And if you start and you mess up really small, the people who really care about you will give you feedback and it's okay to grow that way. It's actually, I feel like the fastest way to grow. So if you're passionate about something, you have an idea and you're a, a young female entrepreneur out there, I would just suggest start right away and fail as fast as you can, as hard as you can over and over. And you will see yourself really grow within like a year. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that advice. No okay, and last question. This is more of like a fun little question. Um, if there was anybody you could have dinner with, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, that is such a hard question. I know, I was asked this for like my senior questionnaire and it took me a, a second to think of mine um i want to say oh my god there's so many amazing women I know. probably more historical figure um but i i really really love uh angela davis Ooh, yeah. she's just like i i watched some films on her when we had like black history month like every year and like she's just like so unapologetic and she like took the hit like she's a political activist and just the things that she's gone through and she's extremely educated and she just like holds her ground and has such a beautiful soul but is so rough and like rigid in what she believes super powerful woman so i would probably want to have dinner with her and just like learn about what inspired her and how she got to be the way that she is because i think she's just amazing Wow.
Thank you. Okay, that's, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for all the insight that you gave today. And yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me. It was so nice.